Welcome to MMA Fancast. We are going to talk about UFC 207 in detail, the return of the rowdy one, Ronda Rousey, and Amanda Nunez. We will cover Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt. We're going to talk about the entire UFC 207 fight card. We're going to talk about UFC 206 showing on Fox on Christmas Eve. It gets huge numbers. We'll talk about Khabib and Ferguson for the interim title. Is that going to happen? Dana squashes talk of Diaz-McGregor trilogy fight. Join us on MMA FanCast. Well, we are back, and we are getting ready for the big event, UFC 207 and the return of Ronda Rousey. Welcome to MMA FanCast, brought to you by Octagon247.com. I am your host, Ryan Middleton, and I am joined by a man who is just about as decrepit just about as ancient as one can be and still be taking in oxygen. He probably takes in too much oxygen of my oxygen from this room, but he is the man, the legend, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm, I'm dying here. I'm taking too much oxygen in. So UFC 206 was just a couple weeks ago. And it was the card that no one was looking forward to. That was just kind of placed between two gigantic cards. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, we're going to... This is a podcast. Typically, our podcasts are an hour long, maybe 65 minutes long. We may uh, go over that that hour mark by a couple minutes. But I got I to gotta just warn you ahead of time here. I think we could be venturing closer to the two-hour mark for this podcast. We weren't we weren't here last week, and so we have a lot of things we want to we want to talk to you about and go over. And we, we have some things uh, that we want to share with you about an event we were at here, a local regional event here in Pittsburgh. And so um, there's all kind of stuff we have to to share with you, but. One of the things that we're going, we're really going to focus the beginning of this podcast looking forward and ahead to the return of the one and only Rhonda Rousey. Yeah, so we've got November 14th, 2015 was one of the biggest upsets, if not the biggest upset in MMA history. And that, of course, was in Australia with. Uh, Rousey versus Holly Holmes, and we all know what the result was. So this is basically, you know, in, in just a few days, we've got what is turning out to be um, a year plus in the making of what everybody would have expected to eventually happen. Um, Ronda Rousey being on this role, taking on Amanda Nunes, who we know is... A bruiser. So is it She's, Nunez or Nunez? I don't know. I don't know. I go back and forth between Nunez and Nunez, but I do believe that it is Nunez. So it's Nunes. Yeah, we could just say Nunes. Okay. So, or just call her the Lioness. Very good. And did you know what today is? It's well, other than it being the day after Christmas, do you know what today is? I do. 
You do? You, uh, you were supposed to say no. Just Okay, well, for me, it is... The eve of my wife's birthday. Ah, so, yes. Happy birthday, Mrs. Sahara. Yes. Happy early birthday. Well, for me, it's bring your daughter to work day. And I like that. so I, in the studio, joining us, not only is it Ride Dog and Sahara, but we have Little Ride Dog, the oldest Little Ride Dog of the group. We have Austin Middleton. Say hi, buddy. Hi. No, no. He said say hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. There you go. So Austin wanted to join us today for the podcast. So we he's tagging along. He was supposed to be uh, riding around. He got some Christmas presents that he uh, once wanted to practice on, a, a rip stick, if anyone knows what one of those are. Um, and instead, he's joining Dad in the studio um, instead of riding his ripstick around the halls. It's cool. He gets to see the behind the scenes of what it takes inside the studio to put a podcast together. Well, the funny thing is we actually, before, Sahara tends to not be real um, good with time. And so while Sahara was late, uh, Austin and I recorded our own podcast. We got a four-hour podcast in. That's how right. late you were. And then you went out while I was sitting here. To go get something to eat. Is, is that correct? Because I was here at 10 after 7. That's a lie. No. Oh, no. that's a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. It is not a lie. I can show you on my phone. But anyways, we <laughs> waited around so for an hour before you decided you wanted to get something to eat. And here we are, three hours later. The truth. You have, you have some cupcake icing on. The truth. You got a pirate on the hair shirt. Eludes Sahara once again. We'll let that slide though, Sahara. We have, um, you know, just looking ahead to, to this card with UFC 206, or 207 rather, in which I keep I keep referring to 207 as 206. Um, I don't know why. I think it's because we never reviewed 206 yet um, because we were off last week. We, had, we took the week off um, with the busyness of the holiday season and... And just the craziness. Um, yeah, all year long for us, um, family is is at the top of the list for each one of us. Uh, for my family, Ryan, for you and your family, and for Terry, for Dan and his family, we are, you know, husbands first, um, fathers second, and family is extremely important to us. So when it comes to this time of year, you know, we don't let anything... Um, get in the way of uh, the needs or the attention that our families need. So that's one of the reasons, probably the biggest reasons why um, we haven't put out a podcast in the past, uh, what is it, a week and a half, maybe two weeks? It's been two weeks. Two and, weeks, okay. And actually we, uh, you know, that's going to happen from time to time, but we're, our commitment to uh, you, our audiences, we're, we're going to put um, a weekly podcast out at least, you know, 45 to 50 weeks out of the year. And that's the first one we've missed and don't really intend on it. But, hey, family first. And when that happens, that happens. As we look ahead to UFC 207, we look at Ronda Rousey. And there's a lot, um, a lot of, I, I would call it controversy with Rousey. Excuse me. As far as she is not partaking in any of the media events, in any of the 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 
publicity right. for UFC 207, and um, I, I just don't, I don't know what to think of that. I don't. I I think that for the UFC, this is something that they need to have each one of their fighters do. And they, uh, speaking about Dana, he put his foot down with 200, and that was uh, part of the reason why McGregor was pulled from the the reason. Right. There's different circumstances here in that Rousey signed a contract saying, I'm not going to, if you want me to fight, I'm not taking part in the media uh, she agreed to do the big media interviews which she did which was Ellen DeGeneres and she went on the one of the night late night shows and did those things but she's not taking part in this um, the media stuff during the week this week there's um actually Wednesday is the big or no yeah Wednesday is the 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 big uh media presser and uh and she will not be there neither, neither is Nunez Nunes Nunez um and so I just don't know what I don't know how I feel about that I don't like it I don't like it at all I finishing what I was saying before she should be part of it there should be no exception it doesn't make sense to me why you would say this person doesn't have to participate but the reason for that is because of the contract negotiations. I don't think that should ever be part of the talks. When you that- have someone with the drawing power of Ronda Rousey, right? She she brings the 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 butts to seats and she brings the eyeballs to the pay per views. So when you have someone with that kind of drawing power that says, "Okay, I'll come back, but I'm not doing this media stuff. Take it or leave it." You're saying leave it? I, I Absolutely, I would. And I think f- many fans out there want to hear her talk about or answer the questions that we all know she's going to get asked, and that is, does she have any, any thoughts, anything lingering in the back of her mind with what happened in her last fight? Well, and I don't even know that she's afraid of that question. I think it's personal for her. Um, she has stated, in, well, through Dana, that she feels very betrayed, that she gave a lot of time, a lot of energy. She was always accessible to the media, uh, to the MMA media in particular, and was very... Um, it's the life she chose, though. Was very... She feels like they stabbed her in the back when she lost. She feels like they just pounced on her and right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm just telling you yeah. how she feels. You have someone who is intense as Ronda Rousey is, and she's also a very emotional person. And we've seen that from her. And can she control? We saw that personally from right. her um, in Cleveland when, when Travis Brown was on the card and she was just, you know, coming to the hotel. So, I mean, how do you leave? How do you how do you leave someone who? Who's your big one of your biggest draws? One of your two biggest draws that no one else compares to. How do you leave that on the table? Well, first I would want to know why. If this is what you want as as part of your lead up to your next big event, what's the reason? I need to know what's in your head and why you're saying in order for me to do this, 
this is what I need. It, it doesn't make sense to me from a publicity standpoint for the UFC to allow this because it's just setting the precedent for other fighters to want to do the same thing. I want to know how she's going to react to those questions. I, I don't necessarily care to hear exactly what she's going to say because we know that it's going to be... Um, it's going to be media talk, just fight talk, and answering the questions. Right. The, the... But I'm just I'm looking. F- I, I, what I want to see is how she's going to handle that question, and then how she's going to handle it ten minutes later, phrase a different way, and then at the end of that uh, media event, how she's going to handle one final question to wrap wrap this up, mindset going in. Then she goes to the next presser, and she has those same questions coming at her again. And I want to see where is her head each time she faces the same question from ten different reporters, ten different ways. See, I'm I I, I differ from you I, dramatically. I want to see how she fights in the octagon. Well, and you're you know taking that I'm... away. No, no, no. I'm, you're taking that away and saying nope. You got to do this media stuff. And I'm saying, hey, if this is a conversation that occurred prior to an agreement. I'm fine with no media. I would prefer here, but if it's the difference between her fighting and her not fighting, I'm saying no media. It's fine with me. I want to see her back. I want to see what what Ronda Rousey shows up Friday night. I want to see what she looks like. I want to see her walk to the to the cage. I want to see that again. It's been 13 months right. that we haven't gotten to see that. And I don't I don't want to I don't want the home fight to be the last time I see that. You know that wouldn't happen. I don't I, know that that wouldn't well, happen. Well, I can't guarantee it, but in my mind, I would say that it was inevitable. To me, that that's all part of it. If, we, if you and I go back to what happened at 205, and how many times did you say and then we discussed Eddie Alvarez and what he did and how he got involved in that trash-talking scrum with Conor McGregor. How did it work out for him? Not well. I want to see how Rousey's going to handle it, too, because... At the expense of her not agreeing. I mean, she obviously didn't want to do it, and they obviously... The UFC wanted her to do it. Is she under contract? She is under contract. Okay. But but for... So, she's under contract, but her bout agreements... You have to sign a bout agreement every fight. Mm -hmm. And if your bout agreement is... Okay, I'm agreeing to be at this. So when you sign a bout agreement, you're you're agreeing to all of the appearances that come along with it, and so you those are still negotiable at that point, um, where you're agreeing I'll be here at this time at this place, blah blah blah. That's the problem with McGregor. He signed that bout agreement and agreed to be in promotion at certain places at certain times and didn't show up. So those are two totally different different things in my book. Ronda said, hey, I'll fight, but I, I, I'm not signing this if you're making me do all this media stuff. I'm just making you aware of that. And they said, I'm sure through after a long negotiation, they finally caved. So you as a fan, when you hear something like that, what do you think about... The biggest star on, you know, what is going to be the biggest stage again for uh, for the women's well division I think of UFC. I, what, I mean, what goes through your mind? Because I don't think it's good. I mean, I, you know, I'm telling I, I you, I want to see what happens in the cage. 
That's what matters. So look, I'm with you 100 on that. If she not... comes out, win or lose, that that's what determines where her head is to me. If she's going out and she's immediately discouraged because she doesn't get a, a throw in the first clinch, then maybe it's in her head. If she goes out there and, and acts like Ronda Rousey of old, then it's not in her head. If she... How many times has she done this before where she's come into um, an event and not talked to the media? Zero. There you go. So why change now? Because now there's going to be these doubts – you know, let's just say worst case scenario for her, she ends up losing. Now people are going to be saying, "Well, she didn't talk," and there's got there had to be something lingering, hanging around in the back of her head where she didn't have the confidence going into I the think fight. If she loses, so she's she's setting herself up. I think if she loses, she she's she's done. Um, you're probably right. I you know in situations like that, I tend to hope. That it doesn't happen, but I think I think you're right on that. But I think if when she I look... loses badly, she's definitely done. Oh yeah. I think yeah. if she if she loses, period, I think that you know it could be a couple years or she's done. I, I if she loses, I don't think we're seeing her fight for a long time, if ever. Again, you're probably right. I, I hope know. that doesn't happen. I I have. You know, we'll, we'll get to – so one of the things we're doing on this podcast, we're going to have predictions. Um, we're just going to go, you know, from bottom to top on the card and give our predictions. You know, but leading up to the talk – to the to that talk, I'm I'm leaning towards her. And I think we mentioned it a when few podcasts back. When you say her, you're back. talking about Rousey. I'm talking about Rousey. But part of that for me is hearing her talk – about what she's gone through and where she at at this point and what is her you know frame of mind when she sees Amanda Nunez with the belt and not her she's not looking in the mirror and she doesn't have that belt strapped around her waist there's somebody else she's never been in this position before where she is going to try and take the belt from the de- defending champ she fought for not it defending right right you know, the, the belt was no, there I'm for saying, her to grab. I'm saying Nunez is not a defending champion. She has never defended the belt. You get what I'm, where I'm going. She is the champ. You're correct, correct. So she's going to defend her belt. She no, Rousey's... she has to try to defend her belt. Once you, once you win, once you're a champion, then you're a defending champion. This is her first title defense. Correct. The point I'm making is... Rousey's never been in that position before uh, for two two reasons. We're two things that I'm you know trying to make a point on. The talk. She's never gone into an event where she has not talked to the media from beginning of the camp all the way up to uh, fight time. And then she's never gone into a camp preparing to try and win the belt from the current reigning champ. And those are two aspects of this fight that I want to see how she's going to respond because... If we're talking about new things, I mean, Nunez has never defended a championship. Nunez has never been in a spotlight like she's going to be... We're talking about Rousey right now, though. 
but I'm saying you're 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 talking about oh I want to see her face these new experiences. They're all facing new experiences. So They're we'll both... get to Nunez. We'll get to her. Yeah. But but you know for me that's that's what I want to see. That this is how I'm looking at this fight, this particular fight. I want to see how she reacts to all that. I love her entrance. I love you know so many things about what she brings to the octagon. And you want to throw all that away because she doesn't want to do media. I don't think that uh, that she would. I don't think that she would. And you just said that you agree that she she's done if she loses. So she she does those commercials, and she talks about how she did do, didn't want to be perfect because perfect doesn't get a shot at redemption. I want to hear her talking about that. I want to hear her. I want to hear that fire still in do. her. I think we all do. And. So, um, I just think for her, mentally, I think she knows what she needs. I think she needed a break from that, and she said she's had a year. No, no, I mean a, a break from that, like going into a fight, just just worry about fighting, uh, minimal. I mean, actually, the amount of media that she does even. Even now, with this, which is minimal for her, is still more than most people do. Most um, fighters do. Absolutely. Could be, you yeah. know, you know, I. She 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 had to film a motion picture esque uh, promo video that no one else had to do. She had to go on Conan O'Brien. She had to go on Ellen DeGeneres. She had to go on the late night talk shows. So. Uh, all I'm saying is you can play the violin all you want. All I'm saying is she's still doing more media than most people have to do, period. Well, I'm not buying any of that. If that's if that's what you're throwing down, I'm not picking it up. Are you buying it? Are you buying the pay-per-view? I'm getting the pay-per-view. So you're buying it. I'm not buying what you're saying about how she's got all these things that she had to do in the past and she needs a break from it. This is her life. She chose this. And I can't say, okay, wait, well, wait, wait, let's give them a break. You know, let's let's give this person a break because they've done so much in the past. This, my opinion, exact, again. That's my exactly. Opinion, but that's, ex- so that's, that's exactly what she's apparently earned. Look, she signed up for this life. And she, and the UFC signed up for her not to have to do media this week. I'm not disputing that with you. I'm when just, you have so negotiating when, right, power... Right, and you, no, we're talking about like you know opinions on how we how, like how I feel about it, how you, you don't feel have about feelings. it. And mine, my, I have one left, and it's not doing so. Right, well. you stepped on it. I, I did. It fell oh, on the ground. Yeah. Oh, it was it in did. my pocket, and I like reached in my pocket. I was wondering what else. that was. It's horrible. But that's 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 how I feel about it, and I'm not saying I speak for. The fans out there, but I'm I'm sure there are others that want to hear her talk and see. Does she does she have that fire in her eyes that you can see? She's got that intensity. Before she even walks that, out, we know what round Ronda Rousey. You, me, and everyone else were both. Everyone was convinced prior to the walkout of UFC 193. Was it 193? Mm-hmm. 193. Um, that. That she had the eye of the tiger then, so that doesn't really matter that much, does it? How? Uh, you're right, but it's still an aspect of the of 
this I, particular fighter that I will we've, tell we've you never right gotten now, to see this though, Ryan. She is going to have the eye of the tiger. Win, lose, or draw, I'm telling you, she's going to walk out to the octagon and everyone's going to go, gonna change that. she's back. She's not going to change that. Correct. So yeah. what, what, what are you expecting? Do I have to go over it all again? No, please don't. Please, please. So, okay, then just to sum it up. Um, oh, no. Not there again. are fans that Austin, are going to watch this or casual fans that are going to watch this because of what happened in her last fight. Just simply because of that. They want to see, wait, this was the queen of are you talking MMA. Are about the Cleveland fight with Pterodactyl beating up the... Yeah, the the, uh, what was it? The troll? Yeah, the troll. Yeah. <laughs> that that one. Uh, that was a closed circuit. Yeah. Um, when 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 Ronda Rousey was coming up to the hotel, and a and a very um, aggressive uh, sou. Uh, what do you call those I don't guys? Even know. Like uh, I, I I refer to them as like leeches. The guys that like stand there with boxes and boxes filled with, of merchandise and try to get stuff autographed so they can auction it on their um, eBay, eBay store. Yeah. Um, and they're just like scummy guys. And the one scummy guy came up to Rhonda and and uh, f- was forcefully having pushing stuff in her face to have her sign. Uh, some autographs, some gloves, and whatever she had. and She did not react well. And Terry Dactyl stepped between them like the hero he is. Terry, he was a man on a mission that night. Yeah, he was. Is, can we still consider him a man? No. No, I don't know. Okay. That was one night. So, Terry's not... I think it was because it was just a troll. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may have... There's... Yeah. So what you do you point there. what are you thinking? Ronda Rousey walks out Friday night. Now I'm this whole Friday night thing is like throwing me I think off. It throws here, right? Things off a little bit. Yeah. So Ronda Rousey walks out. Who are we gonna see on Friday night? My opinion is just like the promos. I think she's back. I, you know, even though I said this is what I want to see, I want to see her. Digging into the hype or the hype being thrown at her and seeing how she responds with the questions. I think she's going to come back on on a new mission, but with the same results that we're used to seeing with Rousey. And that is that she's, I, I think this time she will expect for a fight to come at her and a fighter to come at her hard. But her camp is preparing her for the weaknesses or the holes that Nunez has in her game. And I think for uh, for Nunez, sometimes she's too methodical or too one-track minded. And that's where, um, that's where Rousey will get her opportunity. Because I, I remember it was uh, against Kat Singano where... Um, she ended up losing to to Cat. This I'm talking about Nunez, and she was. It's like she was on a mission to only fight the fight one way, and she was just gonna beat her and beat her down. And she ended up getting submitted, and she opened herself up to the submission. And I think Rousey is when it comes to submissions in uh, in women's MMA, there's no one even close to her. That just I I know that Nunez uh, is. 
you know, she's got, is she a, a black belt in BJJ? And I think she's, um, I don't know what, if she's got any uh, judo or uh, she's got two different martial arts where she's brown and black belt. But long story short, I think Rousey is going to find that opportunity and and put her in uh, an arm bar, some type of submission. She's just not going to be able to get out of. And, you know, if we go back to, uh, I forget which one it was. I don't know if it was the first Tate fight where, uh, or maybe it was the second one, but she dislocated her elbow. Tate uh, basically refused to, to tap out until it was too late. And I think that she's going to end up getting Nunez in that same situation where there's just not going to be any escape. Yeah. Well, just to clarify, um, Nunez is a black belt in BJJ and a brown belt in judo. Okay. So those are the two um, the two areas where she has belts. Um, yeah, I... I it's hard for me to say what I think, uh, which Rousey I'm going to see. I know my heart wants to see Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, something that just keeps sticking into my head is how discouraged she seemed after she went for, uh, got the clinch with home and didn't get the takedown and she didn't. She didn't try it again. And that really sticks out in my mind, and I don't know why, because I don't think she'll make the same mistake again. However, that worries me. That worries me, and that's the main thing that's sticking in my head. I feel like if she would have committed to the clinch game, she would have gotten a throw, and she would have beaten Home. Well, I, yeah, I believe she, that. You're right. She she had to stay committed to she it. She was not committed to clinching. And, and and she just started saying, okay, well, you know, let's see where my stand-up is. And, like, I don't think that's where she wants to be in this fight. And I don't think it's where she wants to be in 90% of fights. She needs to be on the ground where she dominates almost anyone. Certainly anyone that's a female. Um... That's where she needs to be mm-hmm. in every fight. And so, um, yeah, that that's the one thing that worries me is her lack of a commitment to the clinch game, to get her throw, to get her takedown. And, boy, I, I, I hope she learns, uh, you know, I hope she works on wrestling and starts shooting because if she got a shot, man, she would be so unbelievable. Um, just like you, Austin, you've got to work on your shots, right? Mm-hmm. How many how many days a week do you work on your shots? Two days a week, right? Two days, yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're you're shooting once you're what? Are you far away or close? Yeah, too far away. You're shooting too far away, and you got to get close close enough that you can touch someone. Then you go for the shot. And so, hopefully, Rousey can uh, can develop a shot because I just think she's so dominant on the, once the fight gets to the ground that she has to de- develop more ways to get it there other than the clinch and a throw. Well, that would be something new to her fight game is the shooting ability because you know she has she's shown in the past that she can take somebody to the ground when they you know when it's in the dirty boxing mode and and she finds. It's, it's like she waits for that opportunity to either catch her opponent 
and their weight shifting or just the way that they are in a clinch and she can make that, that judo throw. Yeah. But she's yeah. very opportunistic when it comes to that. Maybe there is something to it with uh, with the shoots and based on with what she... Shots? Shots and shoots, yeah. <laughs> um, shoots Cafe. But is that place still open? No. No, I didn't think so. Uh-uh. But based on what she went through with Holly Holm, who kept her, um, kept her away because of that left hand and she was getting punished in the first round, she could never really get close and get into that clinch where she could either shift her weight and get the advantage or, you know, feel Holly shifting to make a move and then, you know, take advantage of that. Maybe she learns from that and she figures out where that distance is where then she can, you know, go for the shot and take her down. But that's something that I haven't seen before. So if she, you know, if, if that's a new part of her game, I'd, I'd like to see it. But I expect her to, to try and bring it in tight and then take her to the ground and either submit her or, you know, if she's got uh, maybe full mount, try and go for ground and pound. Yeah. And and we, we talked earlier about, you know, the whole media situation with these two, right? And and you said a bunch of things about what you thought of of uh, that whole situation. And, and Amanda Nunez also spoke about what she thought of the situation. I'm going to quote her here. She spoke with Fox Sports about uh, Rousey and her lack of being involved with the media during the week. And, 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 and what she was quoted as saying is, yeah, I think she's been very weird about everything. This is MMA. People are going to talk good about you. People are going to talk bad about you. You have to be ready for it. You guys, meaning the media, you're part of our lives, part of our careers. We have to talk and speak to the media because that's part of our job. She's being so dramatic and weird about that. She knows this is normal. And then when she was talking about um, talking about come Friday night, she says, I really don't want to think that she's weak, but she shows that she's been avoiding all those things. Uh, that made her who she is now. I think it's a little bit weird. I don't think she's weak in mind. I, I really think she's prepared for the comeback. I expect the best Rhonda, but I don't know what's wrong with her. And much of what she said, I agree with. I like to think that she's not weak in mind, but because she's not participating in the uh, media events leading up to the fight... I totally get what Amanda's saying right there. And if we just, if Ryan, if you and I just go back to that frame of mind that you had before 205, and you kept saying this over and over again with Alvarez, had, let's just say Alvarez not participated, or McGregor had that exemption, they, they wrote a, a clause in for, uh, for that particular bout agreement that we weren't able to hear one of those sides talk. How would you feel about that Alvarez-McGregor fight come fight time? Would you still feel like McGregor had the advantage significantly because of Alvarez buying into his trash talk? I See, in my opinion, now I can't speak for you, but I'm thinking that may have kept you more towards the middle because we talked about how that fight could have gone either way. You know, on paper, that's, that was a fight that 
was tough to call, but once we saw it, we said, hey, everything that happened pre-fight and everything that Alvarez did buying into the trash talk game with McGregor was was wrong, and he should have never done that. He should have just stuck to but what, his, so what, his fight. I don't understand what you're so asking. So we don't get to see that with Rousey, and we don't get to hear how, you know, you know where her mind is just like so so here's here's my thing if so Rousey has a reason sure right right. it probably has very little to do with where her mind is and stuff like that I think it probably has to do with I really don't want to do it and I'm gonna see if I can get away with not doing it and if I can that's great because I don't want to do it I think Rhonda knows she's emotional. I think she wanted to keep as as few emotions out of it as possible, and she wants to go in there and 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 fight, and not get caught up in other stuff. And I think she's lived a life where she's put so much time and energy into media, 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 more than anyone else. And I think she said, "I just uh, like." I'm I'm due. I'm due to not have to do all that stuff. And she she used it. She has that bargaining chip. She can't use it every time. She used it this time. Well, I mean that's your opinion and I completely respect that, but I would say do you really respect it? I don't. Okay. But, I didn't think yeah, so. I, so. I knew I'm, that was just, It's just, you know, I'm yeah. just trying to make you know, our fans feel yeah. good. Like, we get along. Yeah, like... Cool. So, um, I just... I, I think it's a bad move on her part. Because if it goes to a decision and she ends up losing or she loses... They're going to deduct a point for the media she, stuff. The, it, she'll lose a point. Yeah, yeah. Point so, she's... You know, already she's starting the fight. You know, best case scenario, 10-9. She has to hope that she dominates in that first round. So, anyways... That was a completely stupid remark by you, but I'll I'll just move on. Um, I I I think it's a bad move on her part. What What are you trying to say? What do you mean? What are you trying to say? I see you making your little hand gestures and um, something Austin, going on between you. What was I trying to say? I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. All right. I think he was scratching his head. He was scratching I, yeah, I was his scratching head. Scratching my head. He was doing that monkey thing where you try and do this, <laughs> try, right? Try to tap your yeah. top of your head and rub your belly in a circle. Can you do it at the same time? Look at that. Very good. Now do it the other way. All right. So you you learned that in wrestling practice, right? Sure. Okay. In the in the shoots. Yeah. Shoots yeah. cafe. So I just think it's a bad bad move on her part. And she, obviously, she's got her reasons, but listen, I, I just think I don't think it, it sets herself up for anything positive if a bad situation happens. You know, she, if the result well, that think, she wants doesn't occur. Well, I think I think she's putting herself in a position for the the best position she thinks she can have to be in the position she wants to be in. And and if that means she's not sidetracked by media and all that stuff, and she has the bargaining chip, and she cashes that bargaining chip in and so be it and so i you know it is what it is um moving on 
Um, we have a, another title fight on the card. I heard about that. And one that we're really excited about. Yes, I, um, I've i heard of these two guys. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt. Kind of hard for me to tell how serious their disdain is for each other, whether it's uh, real or fabricated, you know. Really, thinking back historically with fights that have a lot of trash talk and and a lot of um a lot of uh animosity um i i try i was earlier today i was trying to think of fights that were there was so much animosity between the two fighters that it didn't end at the end of the fight so i i, I was thinking back to fights where they didn't Embrace, kind of, like, and there's only a, a, a couple that come to mind. First one that came to my mind was Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir 2, in which um, Brock Lesnar basically went nuts and said all kind of crazy stuff in his interview. Um, but he was basically... He was gentlemanly. Not at all. Right. Not even a little. Um, so that was the first one I could that popped into my head. The other one that pops into my head... Is Ronda Rousey uh, against uh, against Bitch. against well, Be- I, yeah, Cohea. I, I think a couple Correa, times, really. Beth Correa, Betch Cohea, yeah, whatever too. it is, yeah. Um, and so there's very few. There's lots of this pre-fight hype, and like very very few seem like totally real. Um. So it's hard for me to judge. You take a look at 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 people that John Jones has gotten in have gotten into it too, and they're embracing after the fight. And not to say that they're not really saying things that they feel, but it's not to the level of hatred where a fight, a physical fight, won't put that down. I know when I was growing up, me and my best friends, we would get go at it, scrap, and then be best friends the next day. We would you know, the fight would end that, that thing. Um, well, look at McGregor. I mean, you know, every single fight that he's involved in trash talk, trash talk, trash talk. And it makes it, he talks in a way that is not lifting up the other fighter and his skills, but he's trying to belittle him. But then what does he do after the fight? He has said, publicly that anybody that gets into the octagon he's got respect for them 100 percent, and that at the end of that fight that's you know he will show that respect to his opponent so you don't see that animosity that might exist right here yeah well and 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 so yeah i just wonder i was just thinking about this fight and wondering how much of this is true animosity and how much of it is Knowing that it makes for makes for good fight hype to have this kind of talk. Well, I think it's more on Garbrandt's side than it is on Dominic Cruz because we heard about the backstage near altercation between those two and Cormier had to get in the middle of it to keep them separated so something didn't happen. I think based on 
accounts of what happened then, it seemed like Cruz had, you know, their paths crossed, Cruz and Garbrandt, and Cruz said something like, what's up? Not necessarily in this condescending way or trying to start something, but just acknowledging, you know, another fighter, his possible future opponent. And there were some, some words that came from Garbrandt. And I think that's really where it started. You know, Garbrandt is talking now like he has always wanted a piece of Cruz. And, well, I and think that's it's, who he was gunning for. It has started it started a long time ago, even when um Garbrandt was cornering helping corner um um why is his name escaping me? Yes. Are you talking team Alpha Man? Uriah Faber. I was, yeah. Um, when he was cornering him and, and with Cruz, and I, after Cruz beat Uriah the last time, I think there was something backstage then, like words exchanged. And and um, so I think it's been a long time that there's been, like, some stuff building between them. And I think that team Alpha Mel knew that, Cody Garbrandt was like the next guy in the weight class that was gonna gonna really rise to the top and 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 be their next uh, next guy. Something tells me, by the way, I hear Uriah Faber talking about Cody Garbrandt that they've had some wars in the in the training mm-hmm. room and yeah. um, that you know Uriah's had you know his butt handed to him once or twice by. Um, by him, so so I I don't know if how real it is or not. At UFC two hundred six, so um, watched UFC two hundred six, and they had these two separated and interviewed in different places. And I wanted to take a moment. This is about a five minute interview. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna play it right now, and then we're gonna um. We're going to talk about it. It's pretty fun right now. I mean, I'm here at these fights. I get to feel the energy of the fights. It's something that I enjoy doing as well. So here I am, and it's pretty cool to be a part of it. 13 days and counting. I can't wait to get in there. Feeling healthy. Cody, great to have you with us as well. How confident were you when you came into the UFC that you could get here to the top of the division in just two years? I was confident. Always confident. Self-belief has gotten me here. I'm 13 days away from dethroning uh, Dominic Cruz. Well, Dom, most would argue your toughest UFC title defense came against TJ Dillashaw back in January. Some would also argue that you've never faced a fighter quite like Cody Garbrandt. In your mind, how does Cody stack up to to previous number one contenders? I mean, Cody's in there, you know, he hasn't faced anybody in the top five yet, so he's got a he's got a big, you know, head right now, and, uh, you know, a big chin, too. Not as big I, as I, yours. I think that that chin is very nice and weak. I think, how many times have you been hospitalized for concussions, Cody? Hospitalized. How many you times have you been hospitalized for concussions? I think you got a weak chin, I think you got that weak chin, boy. I think you got that weak chin, boy. I was able to, even these little pillow hands were able to put down your boy Faber. So watch what happens when I'm going to do to you, little boy. Watch what I'm going to do to you. Look at your legs, bro. Your legs got no wheels. How are you going to run from me? How are we gonna I'm going to attack you down. I'm a savage in there. Keep I'll talking. find it. Yeah, exactly. Look at that big head. All right, very good. So, very good. Even these hands are going to be able to put down that weak chin yeah, of yours, we'll buddy. You Watch it happen. Hope. I was you able to put your boy you down. Look, and I'm going to put changed, you down, too. I never had a chance to put in my life on December 30th. I ain't doing it. I don't have to. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? We'll see. Well, I think the viewers see why we separated these two. We have Garbrandt at the Octagon and Cruz up here on the desk. Oh, I'm scared. I'm, scared. Yeah, nice I'm beard terrified. Too. Very good. Go ahead, a beard to protect your chin. 
Yeah, you're the one that's yeah, going, you're protecting going, you're that chin. chin. What happened to your concussion, bro? Like Explain in. that to the people. Like How many times have you been knocked out cold, old man. man? Old man. Cold, what? snoring. What? Snoring. What? Snoring. What I'm a better man from I'm going to win a world title from you? that fight. Okay, we'll Best see. I think, that, I think that chin is ready to be tested, buddy. I hope you do. I will be. busted ass hands here. It's all good. They'll be busted on your face. Well, I hope so. It's going to be fun. I'm going to eat everything you got. You think so? I hope. Hey, Cody, your Better team. I'll see you backstage again. Oh, come on, scared, man. Quit trying to act like you're a scared. tough guy. Quit trying to act like a tough guy because there's a camera on you. you put Look on at you. Fight. Yeah, you talk a big game, but you're going to get pieced up <laughs> okay. very soon, little boy. We all know what happened backstage at 202. Lucky boy DC was there. Just got yep. out of high school, and now you think you're tough. That's that's about that age for <laughs> you. Good job. You. Stay you. on it. Okay, we will. Uh, Cody, very quickly here. Your team has tried several times before to to solve this Dominic Cruz puzzle, and as yet has been unable to do so. What makes you the guy to end Dominic's reign here as bantamweight champ? Faith. Can't fight faith. December uh, 30th, 13 days away. I've had a dream in my heart to be a world champion, and it's been facing Dominic Cruz since I was a teenager. Always picture knocking him out and being a world champion. It's 13 days away from doing that. See how I let you speak? That's a gentleman. Go ahead. Now, speak. I'm going to go ahead and go speak. Ahead. Your faith is lost, bro. I'm going to take it away. When you're in there missing, you're not going to have nothing for me, buddy. And the thing you is... You live in a fairy tale right now. Living a fairy tale. Okay. And and who's who's counting on fate to get through a fight with five rounds? It's never been five rounds. Put I mean, me, if you're a man enough to put me into the five rounds, put me into the deep waters. I'm gonna swim. I'm gonna yeah. swim. I'm gonna. You're gonna you see. I was able to buy a house with all the wins I got over your team. Who do you okay, think's gonna teach you how to beat okay. me? Come on, man. Right, you got well, nothing for you. me. Hey, if you're man enough to take me in the fourth and fifth round, then do it. I would love to see you put me in there. You're a desperate man because you don't know how I am in those positions. Well, I'm a survivor. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason that's thrown you. 13 days away. Like I said, keep the belt polished. Bring it on fight week. All polished up. I sent you a little gift down to your gym. A little wax to keep it polished for you. You'll be doing nothing but surviving in there with me, little we'll guy. Who have you ever beat that's I'll begging beat you everybody? All You're going to your be teammates. begging me for Every a rematch. I'm going to give you a rematch after I knock Every your ass out. Everyone, up. okay. Let's not they cuss. We're on you. Fox. There's kids watching. Come on, okay. man. Control oh, yourself, you're, you're, little yeah, guy. You're a guy. Little guy. Fellas, yeah. I love you, but we gotta <laughs> stop it board. down there. Dominic Cruz to put his bantamweight title on the line. Look like Pee Wee Herman with yeah. that tie on. Look, Again, at your, look at your tie. The undefeated Cody wow. Garbrandt, Friday, December thirtieth, UFC. And there we have one of the most interesting interviews that I've I can recall. What are your thoughts on that interview? I I heard hatred definitely. Um I I I get the sense that Garbrandt is going to be off his game. We know him as a knockout artist. We've seen him in Cleveland doing the uh, the fan Q&A talking about how he's got a well-rounded game, but I don't think that he's going to try and put any of that on display or utilize any of that because he's just so one-track minded right now that he's getting mixed up in this trash talk scrum and Cruz we all know is is polished and he's calm, cool and collected and he can handle himself in that octagon with no matter what's being thrown at him. We talked before about how we see him as like a, a boring fighter, but the more that um, I hear Dominic talk and the more I see, you know, going back to watch some of his fights, 
the more I can appreciate his style. Yeah, and, and his talent. He, he, the guy is super, super talented. And right now, I don't see that that uh, Cody, that Cody Garbrandt, is on that same level as Dominic Cruz. But there is that one, it's like the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule in MMA is anything can happen. And and he is the one punch knockout. Right. Here's what I heard when I listened to that interview. I heard Dominic Cruz having a blast. Mm-hmm. I heard Dominic Cruz having fun. I heard him... He won. That was round one. He won round one. I heard Cody Garbrandt flustered. I heard him frustrated. I so I don't know. Perfect points. I feel like I said this in the two hundred five with Eddie. I feel like that could carry over into the fight. I feel like he Dominic Dominic's been there. Done this, gone through against guys who hit a lot harder than him. It matters. Has has been there, done that, and knows what's coming. There's a difference between being a part of the big stage and being the big stage. What everybody is there to see. Yeah. I I feel like that could very well carry over into the fight. What I heard that was the first so. I have been pro Cody Garbrandt for a long time. The guys from close close enough uh, from our hometown that he's fought in Pittsburgh. Um, he's fought some guys from Pittsburgh, um, and uh, and you know I I, I I want success for him. And that interview really set a stage for me that I don't have high hopes for him. In this fight, I think this will be a fight that he he can draw from going forward. But I just saw the torch. I I didn't see the torch. I don't see the torch getting passed at this point um, from the no. An interview is an interview. Like he could be the most calm guy in the in in the ring, and he's not. He's a pretty like quick and and, and antsy kind of fighter. Um, but boy, does he 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 has bricks in his gloves, man. That that dude hits hard. But you're going against Dominic Cruz, who's like the hardest guy to hit possibly in MMA history, and and very awkward style, and and everyone has fits with that style. I think if you take Dominic Cruz and you you take away his style and just give him all the skills he has, and 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 you get rid of that awkwardness, I think some guys are. He he has some losses, but with that combination of his talent and his awkwardness and trying to figure this guy out, by the time you think you've got him figured out, you've, you 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 can't even you can't even fight anymore. So no. I think that interview was uh, was the best possible way that you could take a fight and. Take that interview and put it on top of how the action could could turn out because, just like you said, Dominic Cruz won that. Uh, if you were to score it, it was a decisive, probably ten eight, 
um, win for for uh, Domina Cruz. And I look at that and I I agree with you 100% in that in in your opinion of what is going on with Cody Garbrandt. And I see the same thing being set up in the actual fight and that is that Cruz is going to control, he's going to dictate what happens and Cody's going to get frustrated and try and he's going to react to Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and when you start to let them dictate the pace of the fight and just this, I'm, I'm seriously mere, mere image of the fight with McGregor. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just feel like he could easily get caught in that and, and he could forget about throwing combinations and just be looking for that one one big shot, and that will play right into Cruz's hands. I mean, if you're, yeah. So look look at T.J. Dillashaw and what he did to Hennon Burrell. I remember we watched that first fight together, and it was it was it was like the perfect fight. He had the perfect fight against Burrell. We didn't watch the first fight together. I was in. Florida. Oh, that's right. You were you were out of town. That's right. Yeah. And he just picked. It was it was devastating what he did to Burrell. Yeah. There, there was nothing that that Burrell could do at all. He just could not touch him. Was frustrated all night, and Dillashaw just picked him apart. Anything that he wanted to throw, he landed. Second fight was the same thing, and then look what happened between Dillashaw. And Cruz. Yeah. Dillashaw couldn't touch him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't touch him. Couldn't get the takedowns. And, you know, Cruz ended up with a des- decision win. And I don't see how, at this point, with what we've seen from Cody, how he would be able to, with the exception of that puncher's chance, is, is what I've got to call it at this point, he hasn't shown any more of his fighting skills to say he can fall back on on other parts of his game to get through that, whether it's you know submission or going distance. All we know of him is a knockout artist. So how, how can anybody jump on that bandwagon except hoping for that one big shot to take out the champ? Yeah, and the third, the third fight on the card... Was supposed there's to more be, fights? Oh, he, there's two title fights. And there was supposed to be a number one contender fight on this card. Yeah, Unfortunately, I was disappointed about that one. Oh, so disappointed. Cain Velasquez. This is a guy who has all the talent in the world. And I'm, like, so afraid that we're never going to see this guy be able to fight on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he has not been able to do it now, and he's only getting older. And I, it's just such a shame because I think this is this is the guy that could have put that heavyweight division together. I mean, this is the guy I think the only guy I really see um, that's ready now that could that could hand it to Stipe um, potentially. Right. I'm not saying he would, but I'm saying that that was certainly within the realm of possibility. Um, but I really feel like he is su- such a talent and it, it's just so frustrating to see, 
um, someone who isn't able to to get in there on a regular basis. I mean, the guy's had two fights in the last sixteen years. I'm it's exaggerating. It, it's, I think it's fourteen years. Fourteen years, yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, sorry for exaggerating on those two years. But, you know, really sad to see. Um, we saw Fabricio live in his last fight. Was not impressed. We were anxious even with to the see win. it, yeah. And, and spent a good bit of time with him um, throughout the week and really, really enjoyed his company. But, um, you know, really wasn't perf- impressed. He, was, he fought Travis Brown in, in UFC 203 in Cleveland. And really... You know, Travis Brown was one-handed fighter for three-quarters of the fight. He injured his – he broke his um, right – It was, yeah, it was his uh, right pointing – Index finger. Pointer finger. And, and and that was early in the first round, and he didn't – I mean, I think he threw one or two rights after that. So um, he was a one-handed fighter, and Verdum never, never uh, took it to him. And really, I mean, I get – you know, we're watching Uriah Faber's fight, and we're seeing these really fast, lightweight guys, and then we and then we see a fight with Fabricio Verdum and and um, Travis Brown, and of course they're going to be a lot slower. But I mean, seeing him, seeing those two live, they were incredibly slow to me, and maybe it's just because I haven't seen a lot of heavyweight fights live in person. Um, I mean, I've seen a handful, but not not. It's not like I've been going to UFC. I've seen, I've been to uh, six live fights. So, having said that, I mean, they looked incredibly. Both of them looked very slow, and Verdum is a guy who I really felt three or four years ago was at the top of his game, and I really felt he he's really fallen off a lot in those in the last year or so. Well, you know, speak. You know, somebody being at the top of their game. When you think of Kane Velasquez, 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 Velasquez. I'm going with Velasquez. 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 Even better. Um, I think of a guy across the board in all weight divisions, top notch cardio. The guy is just a machine that doesn't stop. And you can hit him, and it doesn't change it. He's still going to come at you like right. a tank. Yep. And in that, in his division, it's hard to find somebody that could go toe-to-toe with him and match his stamina. I think Fabricio, like you said a few years ago, was that guy. But I I am disappointed Fabricio. in... in That's, yeah. I think that's how he said it whenever uh, we met him. Yeah. Verdum. 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 Wasn't it Verdum? Fabricio Verdum. Very good. I even rolled my tongue there. It was interesting, right. Awesome. What did you think of that tongue rolling? Cool. Did you like it? uh, Your dad went for the shot. Austin has now gotten so bored at this podcast that he is now playing a game on his iPad. We were waiting for him to contribute, but he has not not jumped in to contribute no. at all. You just got to jump in there and say what's on your mind, speak your piece. You Can ready? you at least give a hi, mom? What? Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> so, speaking of 
Austin's mom. Christmas Eve, she is uh, wrapping presents. And she steps over a large present, um, straddling this present to kind of get it set up. And her foot lands, it's supposed to land on the carpet, and it lands on the paper. Oh. And she goes, her knee gives out. Uh. Tomorrow morning, we're going to the orthopedic surgeon. So she's off for 207. She's off the card. She's off the card, yes. Yes. Bam Bam Middleton is off the card. She heard it pop three times. She did hear three pops, so we're hoping it is not a torn MCL or ACL or PCL or meniscus. Meniscus. Where does it hurt? She say what part of the knee? It hurts on the outside. So, yeah. We will see tomorrow. We have Dr. Welker at Advanced Orthopedics here in Washington, Pennsylvania, which is just south of Pittsburgh, who is one of the premier uh, orthopedic surgeons in the area, and he will be taking a look at her early in the morning tomorrow morning. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, I wish her the best. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing her at 207, but yeah, she's, we'll just have she's to... off the card. Yeah, she was gonna f- take Kane Velasquez's place and face for doom. Um, she's not a heavyweight though, so she was going to be stepping. Oh, this would have been a catchweight. Yes, this would have been. A, no, it would have been. She would just be bumping, jumping up in weight. Um, so yeah, so that's a unfortunate. Um, yeah, so Verdum Velasquez gone from the card. I don't think there's all kind of. Um, I guess some people have mentioned. You know. Being able to step up and... He said he wants to fight anybody. He yeah, just wants well, to fight. I, I don't know what... If they've been, they haven't announced anything, to my knowledge. Um, which I'm really hoping they do. We're only four nights... Four days away. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that they um, come up with a replacement for him. Because I, I really want to see Verdum um, fight and get his payday. Uh, Kane, I don't know how long he's going to be out. He that was a controversy in itself. Velasquez was tweeting that he he got cleared by his doctor and that he's still on and all of those things and then um then we it comes to we we come to find out the athletic commission denied him his his license to fight and so that didn't come without controversy. Velasquez says he's he's good to go in the in the uh the commission steps in and says, not so fast. Um, Dillashaw is also on this card. That is true. And uh, so there's teammates, uh, Garbrandt and Dillashaw, both with Team Alpha Male. Um, Dillashaw will be battling against John Lineker, who is a savvy vet who has been doing this for just about forever. Lineker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up his, uh, his stats as we're talking here. I believe he's got... Uh... I was going to say four. He's got seven losses. But the last time I saw him fight... But he also has 29 wins. Well, yeah. I mean, it's significant. But um, he's on a... a Six-fight six, win Yeah, streak, I was just going to yeah. say six-fight six win streak. His, uh, his last fight... The guy can throw bombs. He can hit super hard. So, you know, we've got two fights in a row where, you know, we could possibly see... Some knockouts with 
with Lineker, and uh, and then of course Garbrandt going into the co-main. But um, who was his last fight against? Against uh, what's his name? Um, John. John Dodson. Yeah. Who is somewhat known? Oh yeah, John, no, I was John just being Do- facetious. I was going to say, yeah, John Dodson's a top of the card kind of guy. I, mean, I I watched that fight, and yeah, it was. Well, Lineker missed weight that fight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So they, fought, I think they fought at the catch weight. They did. Um. So. Lineker is uh, only twenty six years old. He's just extremely active. Um. He has been fighting since 2008, and he has 36 fights under his belt. 29 wins, 7 losses, like I said, on a 6-fight win streak. He came to the UFC in 2012 and lost his first fight. Has since gone 1, 2, 3, 4, and 10-1 and with his only loss at UFC 169. Uh, against uh, 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 I can't speak in a decision and I don't even know I'm not going to try to pronounce the, I know uh, his opponent's you, name one thing you are known for Ali is, Ali there you go <laughs> alright um, but he's fought some big names and big tough guys he uh, had the performance of the night against Michael McDonald in July with uh Knocking him out in the first round, halfway through the first round. Um, and so he beat Ian McCall. He's beaten Francisco Rivera with a guillotine. He's had a very impressive UFC career. And so I expect a great fight out of John Lineker uh, come Friday night. 13 of his victories by knockout. So he has that uh, punching power. Uh, leading off, so I'm not sure what they're doing with the card with the with Verdum and, and Velasquez off. If they're going to bump one of the uh, prelims up to the main card or not, it's still listed on UFC.com as a four fight pay per view card. Typically, they have five fights on that, so um, I'm not sure which fight they'll bump up. I my guess would be um, Serefadine and and Dong Yong Kim. Um, because I think they want Hendricks and Magny as the as the uh, main event, right? For as the, the lead in, yeah. So, or they could push up Pile. Pile's a, um, you know, someone that people are familiar with, and so, you know, looking at the rest of the card, um, I, that Verdum Velasquez really it, it takes a bite out of that card. It hurts, that's for sure. Um. We are going to give our fight predictions for UFC 207. We are going to um, keep track of our fight predictions and our accuracy in predicting the fights um, throughout 2017. We will have a trophy that will be given out to everyone who participates because... Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, participation trophies, yes. And so, because we don't want anyone going home without a trophy. No. Um, Austin, did you? Does Daddy let you get participation trophies in wrestling? Mm-mm. Okay, we're on the radio, so they can't see you shake your head. So, can you talk out loud, little boy? Uh, no, because like 
if you don't win, you don't deserve it. You haven't. You have to earn. You have to earn a trophy. So his first year, first year we let him have participation trophies. Then we said from now on, got to earn it. You got to earn them. We don't. We don't take those. Makes sense. Now, doesn't everybody like in football? Doesn't everyone get a Lombardi trophy? Aren't they starting that? Haven't they in the NFL? It? Yes. No, they're just not allowed to um, have any fun. Uh, the no fun league. Yes. Okay. No fun. Um, so that's awesome, are there, though. Are there any other um, fights in particular you want to you want to discuss, Jim? Well, uh, just maybe spend a minute or so on this because I don't know what's going to happen in this fight, but I'm talking about Johnny Hendricks and Neil Magny. Yeah. Um, Hendricks got some criticism in his last fight, and it was rather personal for him. And it was personal because, and it, it was negative criticism, but I think it was something he needed to hear, and it came from his wife. And paraphrasing, she just, she said that it was pathetic. His performance was pathetic, and if that's how he's going to fight, he needs to just call it quits. So this fight for Johnny Hendricks it could be the last time that we see him. And I remember Johnny Hendricks being this guy that could go in and was just a madman and could demolish his opponents. Another guy who's got that knockout power, those hands of stone, and where has he been? And he's a wrestler. Right. So going into the George St. Pierre fight in 2013, which was St. Pierre's last fight, November of 2013, Johnny Hendricks was 15 and 1 with some impressive impressive wins. He beat Carlos Condon, he beat Josh Koscheck, Martin Campman, John Fitch. I mean, he has a who's who. He had one his one hiccup against Rick Story um, in 2010. And so that was his one loss, some great victories, got the title shot against St. Pierre. Fought an amazing fight against St. Pierre. Many think he should have won that, myself included. I felt he won that fight fair and square. St. Pierre got the split decision. And from that moment on, from UFC 167, when the fifth round ended, I've not seen the same fighter since that moment. Well, um, his first fight against Lawler... I, I thought that was a good fight. Right, it was a but, great fight, but he still, even in that fight, he did not look the same. And with um, I mean, with his fight against Wonderboy, it looked really, really bad. I don't know what was in his head at that point, but it, he just looked horrendous. And then against Gaslam, even though it was a um, decision victory for Gaslam, same thing. Just it was bad performance across the board. So since one, uh, what was it, one sixty-seven, two and three, for a guy that was was basically lights out and taking that division by storm and should have been the uh, the next king of that division after GSP's retirement, and we've seen everything but that. So that's a fight I'm interested in just because of the storyline that goes along with it. And that's a heck of a fight anyway. So 
I also am looking forward to it. Neil Magny is a beast. Um, I I really like uh, his fighting style. He hits very hard. He's a he's a great uh, talent, and I I think that these two are uh, have the makings of a great fight. I really thought in my heart of hearts that Johnny Hendricks was going to be the next guy. I really did. He had all of the, all of the the talent to do that. He had, so he's a wrestler with ridiculous power and good stand up, and that's a great combination in the sport. That's a a very good combination and an athletic guy. So sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but no, you aren't. Is this a Josh Koscheck? effect for uh for Hendrix. I don't know. I don't see him I don't see that same so uh if you're new to our podcast, we we've talked about the Josh Koscheck effect being like a guy who is so good at wrestling that abandons it because he kind of wants to be the exciting stand-up guy and it costs him fights and and he, there's too much focus on being something, I mean, Josh Koscheck is a great stand-up fighter, and he's a great, um, and he's a great has great power. However, there are fighters who have better stand-up and who have better power, and sometimes he got would let himself get caught, get, up, in it. Get caught up in those. Oh, I want to prove I'm I'm the better stand-up guy, and and so that's the Josh Koscheck effect that we're talking about. Do I think that? That uh, that that's the case with, um, with uh... yeah. See, I think there's something to it though, because if you if you look at Hendricks and his performances um, in the past five fights, even when he won, he strayed away from his game. You know, you go back to but look at who he's lost against. I mean, this is a who's who of this division: Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Robbie Lawler. George St. Pierre and Kelvin Gastelum. Those guys are all top of the food chain sure. guys. And it's not like he's, I mean, other than Stephen Thompson. So that was the fight that I realized Stephen Thompson's a beast. If Stephen Thompson would have fought the way he did against Rob, uh, against, why can't I Woodley? say his name? No, Hendricks. If he'd have fought the way he did against Hendricks against Woodley, he would be the champion. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where that. I thought you were yeah, going. Yeah. If, if he would, if that would have been the same fighter, absolutely, sure. If, and and so Wonder Boy is who's who. Kelvin Gastelum, all the weight problems and issues he's had aside, he's a beast. He's a he's one of the. You know, I wish he didn't have the weight issues and problems because we could really get behind I him. I want to root for him. Yeah. He's the underdog. He's the last pick in in uh right in the, the, the dodgeball game and in the last pick up football. Yeah, and and so he's the guy that probably shouldn't be as good as he is. And I want to be behind him and then he misses weight and then he misses weight and then he misses weight again and and it's just hard to, to Plus get behind he's that. missed weight. Remember one that? time I think yeah. he, I even recall he he didn't make weight. He one time he didn't even weigh. And then the other time, I think he didn't even show up. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. didn't even get his weight done. Was he even in MSG? Was he? 
I don't know. I don't think he was. Yeah. Not fight night. Why would he show? Why would he have showed up? I wouldn't show my face. Right. Not when you disappoint. Well, there you go. He didn't even show up for the fight. Wow. Plus, he missed weight. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to fight that night. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, Johnny Hendricks is a guy that I was really looking forward to being the next big thing, and and he's really fizzled out from a 15 and one record. He's now 17 and five, so he's two and three since uh, that amazing. Amazing fifteen to one run. Uh, Always does, on top of that math. How I does like he? That. How does he fare fare against Magny? Both are all coming off losses. Hendricks off two in a row. Magny off of uh, a loss to Larkin, Lorenz Larkin. Uh, just at two UFC big wins though before that though with Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard, knockout. Beast. Yeah, beast. A guy that is he's a physically. Um, impressive fighter and knocked him out before that was uh, was Gastelum mm-hmm. so and Eric Silva before that so those are all guys that are that are tough 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 top of the food chain guys lost to Maya before that that's Damian Maya is is incredible at this uh, at this weight so I uh, yeah that's a what a good first what a good main event to the prelims. It is. I mean, that really could get a lot of uh a lot of pay-per-view buys right there. People want to continue watching. So, we've got fights. three other uh fights on that card on the prelim, but then you got the early prelims, which is just the uh Oliveira and uh and Tim Means fight, which mm-hmm. that could easily that that fight could be put on the main card. Yeah. So and there's there's lots of uh, lots of good fights here. Nico Price takes his undefeated record against Brandon Thatch. Um, you got Mike Powell and Alex Garcia. So a great night of fights. We will give our official predictions um, at the end of the podcast. UFC 207 is is happening this week. Um, but there's also other news in the MMA world and in the UFC world, and we're going to cover some of that stuff now as we talk about, I mean, you got to talk about Dana White when he's talking about on the streets of New York, talking about Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz and, and all that. And, and basically Dana this week said the trilogy between those two, it just ain't going to happen. He said, Diaz is a 170 pounder. And that's just not going to happen. Um, we've heard Dana say things like this before, so I don't know how. And and gone back on his. I don't want to say gone back on his word, but there's things uh, that happen behind the scenes that obviously we wouldn't be privy to. But I don't know how much to, um, how much stock to put into what he says anymore and not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, I, I, that's how I would take it. If I would Dana, I put lots of stock in what you say, brother. Well, yeah, he is listening. Yeah. He told me when we were in, we were in Cleveland. We Did you meet to, him? We talked to Dana and, and this was before we started the podcast, but I could tell he was going to be watching then. I could just tell. Well, yeah. Watch he's, it. He's a I smart mean, listening, guy. listening. He does get the, the closed circuit broadcast. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> With the uh, 
Security cameras right. we have it's in, in here. here. It's in here. Yeah. It's a hidden one, but it's in here. Austin, how you doing over there, bud? Good. Yeah, we got voice from him this time instead yeah, of hand buddy. gestures. Uh, or grunts. Um, so, yeah, I know I would love for there to be a trilogy fight. I, I would like for McGregor to defend 155 belt <laughs> or move up to 170 and go after that belt. Um, either one of those two things, but... I'm saying a year or two down the road. And, and, oh, the funny thing is, the TMZ asked Dana White, um, you know, Nate Diaz says he doesn't even want to be called if it's under $20 million. And I was excited to see what, what Dana had to say with that. And he kind of chuckled and he said, never say never. So who knows? Maybe Nate Diaz is on to something. He could be. Which... Or, or he's on something. I think there's some truth in both of those statements. Yeah, amen. However, if, if if we just if we just stick to that last comment that you made, you got a little excited I there. Nick said <laughs> something about him being. I'm just ignoring you. I thought Nick said something about when he was at that post-fight press conference, referring to his brother, that it wasn't like an oil or something. Like, uh, what did he say it was? I don't even know. You know. I don't know what you're talking about. That he was he was smoking something. Oh. But he said it was actually weed or marijuana. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. They like look for ways to get into trouble. I well, I I think you're right. I think it's that's part of their plan. If they're yeah. in trouble, people are hearing about them and then they want to see guys who are living the thug life in so, the octagon. So there were the 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 numbers for pay-per-views for UFC 206 is supposedly somewhere in the 150,000 buys range, which is a very very ridiculously low number, sure. especially when when you're talking about recently with all the McGregor cards and and with Rousey coming back this this weekend and and so you have even more elevated numbers because of those fights. But that's a one of the lowest numbers I can remember hearing in a while. Well, it was like Ferrari was two oh five. Then we got the Lamborghini, it's two oh seven, and you know the just the little Chevette or yeah, Chevette. something sitting in between. That just showed your but, age, right? The Chevette. When, but nobody knew. Nobody looked underneath the hood. To see what was there. Well, that's the thing. Uh-huh. But people, people, so 150,000 pay-per-view buys. But Christmas present comes from the UFC in the form of Christmas Eve. Was it Christmas Eve? Yep. UFC showed a replay of UFC 206, which was an absolutely incredible card. It was some of the best fights, some of the best finishes, some of the best fights, some of the best head kicks, some of the best, some of the best fighting, just all around action. And and I and I said it. I don't know. Did we say this? We haven't podcast. Have we podcasted since two hundred six? Yeah, we have. But I I said this. I don't know if I said this during a podcast or in person. But UFC two hundred six had, in my opinion. The best back-to-back fights in the history of the UFC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that, the history of the UFC, the best back-to-back fights. It was awesome. 
And that didn't even include the main event, which was a great fight. Right. Yeah, so who, who was it? That was Cub Scout? Is that his yeah. name? Cub Mr. Scout. Scout. Yeah, Mr. Scout. You know, and what I'm going to call, at least from, I, well, I shouldn't say this. This is probably top three for me in fights that I would want to see continually, that I would never get bored watching these these fights. And Du Ho Choi and Cub Swanson. That was quite it's, possibly. It, my opinion, fight of the year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the octagon 24-7, unanimous. We're going to just decide that it's unanimous without pterodactyl here. Austin, your pterodactyl's vote was Cub Swanson and Duho Choi the fight of the year. Yes. All right. It's and unanimous. He didn't even hesitate to give that answer. I know. With he our head nodding and yes. thumbs up, he fin- you pulled through for us, yes. Austin. Terry Dactyl would be very proud of you. Um, but He's w- contributed in a positive way as much as, as Terry Dactyl did. Does. Will do. <laughs> did. Does. Will do. <laughs> um, so fight of the night went to Swanson and Ho Choi. Performance of the Knights were Max Holloway and Lando Venata, who both, uh, Venata had a head kick KO that was out of this world. And I don't think, did, okay, so I didn't watch the replay of 206 on Christmas Eve, did, and I don't think you watched it either. I'm curious, you, you taped it though, right? I did. I'm curious to see if they showed... Because that was a fight pass preliminary. Uh, the Venata was a fight pass preliminary. I'm curious to, sh- to know if they showed that uh, fight. That I don't know. Well, we'll have to... I mean, because they could have squeezed it in even with just showing the main card broadcast. They could have squeezed that between two fights because it was only a, a minute and 40. Or uh, I take that back. It was a three minute and 20 second fight. Uh, before he landed that nasty, ridiculous head kick. Uh, a wheel wheel kick. Um, in UFC 206, you know, I, I'm, I'm really stumped here. Have we podcasted since UFC 206? We did. Okay, so we talked about this We already. talked about 206. Okay, good. Because um, one of the things we said was um, two fights that, that could have been up for fight of the year or yes, performance of the okay. night. That's good. I'm glad we talked and then, about it because that was I wasn't we planning even, yeah. on talking about it a lot tonight. Uh, another bit of news is that it's being rumored, uh, not confirmed by any means unless it's happened in the past four, three or four hours, uh, that Khabib and Tony Ferguson... What's Khabib's last name? Go ahead. Because you are, you are, are you known. To, why, why are you trying but to you are known me? for the way that you get it right. The every, mark of Madoff. There you go. That's that's. How close am I? You were so close. No. It, it's like I. It's I like Kelvin Gastelum. You know, showing up for a weigh-in. Yeah, I'm not that far off. Well, I mean. 
Gastelum didn't show up for the weigh-in, by the way. That's true. Yeah. You showed up for I showed up. All right. Um, Austin, do you think it's a little hot in here? Yes. Yes. See, it's... We sweat for our for our listeners. Excellent. Sweat equity. Sweat, sweat equity. equity. <laughs> Terry Dactyl has been known to believe in sweat equity, just not from himself. Right. <laughs> um, so that is... Uh, rumored Khabib uh, versus Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title. And that's expected to be at UFC 209. 209. This is not confirmed. And UFC 209 is scheduled for March 4th uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Not a confirmed thing. Um, There's actually a well-respected Russian uh, news media outlet that's, that's that came out with that first um, with Dana White in Russia, that could very well uh, be the case. I know that Dana White was in Russia um, looking to uh, negotiate to Mm -hmm. have a fight there. So that would be something else. Um, Khabib and Ferguson, UFC 209, rumor for March 4th. Yeah, The only uh, fight that I know of that is... Official at least for now until somebody possibly gets injured is Overeem and Mark Hunt, which is an odd fight for Mark Hunt to take, in my opinion. For all the things that he complains about, right? And he takes a fight against the guy, in my opinion, who most clearly and he's failed drug tests before, but the guy who most clearly looks like he he became enhanced. Um, so that's artificially a, enhanced. Yeah, that that's a. I think the other there's one other fight uh, on that card, and that's Luke now. Sanders. This is a guy that took. I'm a sorry, camera I was talking. You. I was ta- uh, like, you think you're him? You're not him. Do you remember Mark? Who? You don't remember in Cleveland? That was Glover Teixeira. He's the one who took the. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So what were you interrupting me about? Who's the one who was going to punch you? I think it was. No, he 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 pantomime like pantomime punched me in the stomach. And then you went up to the room and got changed. Well, no, I felt bad. Right, I did feel bad because <laughs> he, he knew that he was going to get wrecked. He, oh yeah, if he actually touched me. These are all true statements. True story. Let's not go there again. True story. Okay, so we just discussed Mark Hunt and the artificial Overeem. Well, I'm not saying is that how you pronounce Alistair. I think that Alistair Overeem. I don't know. I just don't see how you could look like you did ten years ago fighting Chuck Liddell in Pride, and at 205, and then become so huge. You know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. it, 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 it was maybe, maybe, I don't know. It doesn't seem possible, but sure. Maybe. Did uh, Overeem has gotten busted though, right? Well, we're going to go with that. Um, we do know who did get busted recently. And, well, that is Cyborg. Cyborg. UFC 
146, that's when right. he failed a test over him. Um, yeah, Cyborg got popped again. She's flagged by USADA for having illegal substances in her body. And, you know, I'm reading all this stuff and saying, well, what she had in her body didn't necessarily, it, it doesn't enhance, that in itself doesn't enhance. Like, listen, there is a list that USADA puts out. It's really simple. I mean, it's not rocket science. They're either agents that enhance you they're masking agents that hide it, or they're agents that help you get rid of it more, or diuretics and things like that. Those you aren't allowed to have any of those things in your body at any point in time. They're in her body. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a surprise that Cyborg is doing drugs. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not. Well, if we travel back in time and go, I I can't recall exactly what podcast this was, but we talked about this issue, and that was fighters getting tagged on their drug tests. And I do remember Dan saying that it was because of supplements taken from not saying 100% this was, but just using this as a reference, like going into GNC. Well, and that can happen. And I... see, and, and my take on that was I totally disagreed. You know, he said, and you agreed with Dan, mm-hmm. that those substances were not regulated by the FDA. But I, you know, looked at it as somebody who's taking care of their body should know what's going into their body at all times and if if their money could be on the line for something that might cause a negative result on a drug test i'm not gonna i'm staying as far away from it as possible but you don't think it if it's not supposed to have it you you think that totally it's disagree not going to have totally it. disagree if we if we go into the baseball world Look at Barry Bonds. Everybody knew he was he was um, juicing. Everyone. I mean, you look at the guy, and when he got yeah, into how, his, what does that have to do with anything? The the point. Okay, well, um, if you don't interrupt me, I can finish my point. The point is, this is a multi-person podcast, so we will have dialect and not just like these like long rants like so like okay then who who's this other person that you're talking about austin okay we'll see i was waiting for somebody somebody else to contribute okay so my point is when you are a professional athlete you have put yourself into a position where you are saying without being verbal about it that my performance is 100 legitimate 100% legitimate based on my skills and I have honed my craft and I've worked hard to get to this point to be called one of the top athletes in my sport in the world. And people are going to look at you and in this day and age with um, supplements that are enhanced and supposed to help your performance 
you know, there's going to be doubt and scrutiny across the board. And once you take that hit, there's always going to be that track record, even if it was one time. It's going to follow you and it's going to haunt you and people are going to constantly talk about it. Well, you know, they were they were dinged once. They were caught once. If if you were going to be that athlete who's, who wants to be considered one of the top fighters in the world, since we're talking about that, that's what this podcast is about, is the MMA world, um, you need to just stay away from anything that could possibly get you with a negative test result or a failed test result coming from see that's where i the association that the the ufc has partnered with that's where i think you are that's like saying you drive a vehicle for a living so you should not ever get into an accident because you're a professional driver and you can't have that no that's wrong that's wrong no, Wrong. it is. Accident is completely off the table. It it wouldn't apply in this situation. I see where you're it going. It absolutely would. A, a moving violation, I could go with that. That it would be on me because that's, that's part of what I do in my day job. Part of it includes me driving a company-owned vehicle, and it is on me to represent my company everywhere I go, and that includes on the road. So I'm going to make sure that whatever I'm doing on the road does not put or cause a potential black eye for my employer because that's where my but money can is. Can it be can it be caused by potential black ice? See, what you're saying is that if there is something that's a tainted supplement, so you've been taking this supplement and it's a perfectly fine supplement and then someone in in their factory decides, or their CEO of this five-person unregulated thing decides to start putting something illegal in it, you're saying that it's like the same punishment as if you knowingly inject steroids in you, and I'm saying it isn't. Um, It's not the same. You're going to extremes with what I'm saying. The I am the not. athlete who is taking these substances. We're not we're not in that world in that part of the world where they have to watch what they eat. Supplements that they take are supposed to be um, legit and help them maintain muscle mass and keep or build endurance so that they can prep for the fight, whether it's three rounds or five rounds, and keep that stamina and not lose anything in the process of going through that eight-week camp. As a fighter, they should know everything that's going into their body. And it's it's on them, 100%. That's oh, hold what I'm saying. Hear me, me out, though, Ryan. Hear me out. You've said I get, the same I get, thing five times in a row. But, but you're, you're trying... You're, you're trying to create a backdoor that says it's okay because, hey, I didn't know. And I'm totally I, disagreeing I, with you. I disagree like, with you. I'm not putting a backdoor that says it's okay because I didn't know. Ignorance is not the excuse. It's a tainted supplement that changes the, the perspective. If it's proven to be a tainted supplement that is otherwise have has had years of other fighters using it without any problems or anything like that, there's, it could be anyone. 
It could be anyone. Any single fighter could have taken it. If they all, if 70% of fighters take a certain supplement and one guy takes a tainted supplement of that supplement and they, they prove it, how are you saying you should know what's in your body when that fighter took the same thing that wasn't tainted? It doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. I hear what you're saying. The only problem with it is you're wrong. Oh, yeah, that's that, the old uh, wrong adage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're, we're going to, let's just agree to disagree on this. Hold on. And just let me You're let acting me, as if there's a back this. door. No, there is. And that's not there what is. I'm saying. No, absolutely I, okay. not. But, but there is a back door for these guys. Because USADA, United States Anti-Doping Agency, USADA, is, is on top of their game when it comes to knowing the substances that are out there that could be used and they consider to be performance-enhancing supplements. Things that the UFC says is off the boards. You use this stuff, you're disqualified for this event. Here's what you know the penalty or the fine or suspension would be. And they, they you know lay that groundwork so the fighters are well aware of what to expect. Well... It doesn't have to be inside of their fight camp, but everybody's got connections out there in the world of supplements, whatever you want to call it, where they can take something that will mask a supplement that they're taking. Yeah, no so kidding. then so then USADA has to being on top of their game, they've got to be constantly in the know with what's going on out there so that as they're testing their testing procedures are fluid and constantly evolving, and they have to know what fighters are taking, or athletes. I shouldn't say just fighters, because this is occurring across the board in you know, all sports and at many levels, not just at the professional level. But they know what's going on, and that you know athletes are taking supplements that would, you know, under... Normal circumstances, if it was a straight-up test, they get flagged. But they're able to take agents, masking agents, that will hide that in a result. So then what USADA does and other agencies like them is they test for those agents. And I'm saying that as an athlete, as an MMA fighter, you know what you're putting into your body. And if there's something that could possibly get flagged, you're taking an agent for it. And I'm not saying it's across the board that all fighters are doing that, but that's what's but occurring. They, they they test them for the agents, the masking agents. Those are illegal too. And what, did, what did John Jones say? He said he said he gave that story that he took something that was over the counter and it was well, there's still things that are illegal over the counter that's not that not are, are legal that are not approved substances what he took was approved and tainted that's the point like i don't know what is so hard to understand for you well it's not that wasn't the case with him yes it was it wasn't the case is he still suspended because if that was everyone who has it it gets suspended you get a suspension reduced if there's a no, you a, would get a, a suspension overturned. No, you don't. No, you don't get a suspension. If it's in your body, you're getting suspended. Period. End of story. Regardless of tainted supplement or not, you get a reduction if it's if you are able to prove that 
you took something that's perfectly legal that was somehow tainted. That wasn't the case with him. Well, it, it may have not been the case with John Judge. He got his sentence reduced, and I'll, I'll look at the details of it. Regardless, all I'm saying is when you're talking about a tainted supplement, I'm not talking about a supplement that has known things in there that are, I'm saying it's things in there that are illegal that aren't supposed to be in there. That's what a tainted supplement is. Um, I'm going to look up, because his his sentence was reduced. I'm well aware of what a tainted supplement is. But are you using the definition of tainted supplement that the fighter or that athlete was unaware? Because to me, a tainted supplement could be enhanced by your camp or... You know, they, so a, a, I, I swear we've had this conversation fifteen times. That, that that's that, all right. That Usada independently went goes to to see if this is supplements really tainted. Obviously, tests what John Jones provides them, but goes and purchases a bunch a bunch of supplements, tests it, and sees if it comes back. Any of them come back. Uh, positive for a substance that's not supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. That's a tainted supplement. Okay, so my point in all this, going back to what I originally said, is that as an athlete, if you want to be at the top of your game and considered one of the top athletes in the world, you are going to try and utilize cutting-edge technology that will boost your performance in whatever your profession is for some athletes it's not just the training but it's what they put into their bodies and since we're talking about cyborg you said you knew without a doubt that it was just a matter of time before she was going to get busted. No, that's not what I said. Well, I'm, pa- said, I'm it pa- was not surprising to me. Right, but but you're looking at that athlete with with some skepticism. She has a beard. She shaves. <laughs> I think it was a goatee. She she her voice is like twice as deep than ours. She, there's more testosterone in her than. Oh, I have a bad joke that I can't say. Okay, so it's it's a legitimate case. It's a legitimate argument to say these fighters know that they've got the chance or potential to get dinged for a test, and you know, or a, a failed test taken in camp or post fight, and they're willing to take that chance. And some of those fighters are along with those enhancements that they're trying to put into their body and gain that edge, there are masking agents that they're taking along with it. And I'm saying that that's the back door. And with my prior argument, if I were to get into a car, you know, my employer says... We need you to drive this vehicle because your car has to go in for state inspection. And I get into that car and I see that the insurance is out of date. Or the inspection stickers are expired. 
Well, it's on me, posing a hypothetical situation, to go to my employer and say, I can't. No. Oh, here's Hold the, on. Here's... I can't operate this vehicle and, you know, do my job based on the equipment that you've the given The analogy me. would be this. If, if you were driving it and it had red dye fuel in it that you're not allowed to use because it's for farm equipment and you were using it unknowingly. That's the analogy. If you were driving that car, no, absolutely. Okay, that's your analogy. No, that's no, the analogy no, no, that's for a your, supplement. That's your analogy. No, that's hold on, but that's your analogy. But that what, is what, a, a Ryan. A, that's a relative analogy. But that's yours. yours is not. That's relative. not mine. It is. It absolutely. No, is. it isn't. It absolutely is. There's gross negligence and there's total, like, n- not knowing at all. Like there's total, like. You're doing the right thing, and someone did something against you. Like, how's and, that? And who is that in the world? In the MMA world, who got dinged like that? And USADA came in and said, you know what? We tested these, and yeah, you're right, and we are going to wipe out the suspension. So your argument is using fuel... Put into when the car. did they ever wipe out a uh, suspension? If if they were to go in and test the same, you know, just randomly purchase. You're just or, making things up. I'm using your words. I'm using your example. They've never done that. And I just I never just done said what? on they've the never podcast, done what? Never done they've what? never eliminated a, a suspension. Because the fighters' claims were unfounded. That's not true. That is not true. Okay, your example of using taint, you know, fuel that was not approved by Department of Transportation for whatever state you're operating in is your picture that you're painting. It's not what I'm saying, well, and I'm wrong. saying you're wrong. I'm saying that it's very. I simple. know I've got something that is not approved, and I'm going to use it anyways. That's exactly and what a tainted supplement is not. Absolutely. Sure it is. Okay. Tainted, you're, you're using, it's like Kleenex. When somebody says, can I have a Kleenex? Kleenex is actually a brand name, but it's become a term that people use indiscriminately across the board when they just need a tissue instead of asking for You might for use tissue. it that way, so, but if you are talking about MMA fighters in USADA talking about a tainted supplement, they don't talk about tainted supplement as I use steroids and use some other supplement and I'm saying that it was in there. That's not what they're talking about when they're talking about a tainted supplement. They're talking the about... fighters are talking about tainted supplements. If, they're, if it's unfounded, I don't care. I'm not talking about... This is what I'm, I'm talking, talking about. about. USADA saying there's a tainted supplement is USADA saying we tested this supplement multiple places and we agree with you and that's why we're reducing your suspension from one year to six months because you didn't you didn't do anything wrong. But it was still in your body and it's a performance-enhancing drug. And that just happened. And it was with Yoel Romero... And ultimately, it, it, it's what happened, and we will agree to disagree. Um, that's going to wrap us up. This is a, That's all we have for you this week. Uh, we are looking forward to UFC 206, maybe bringing you some 
solo casts throughout the week. We will we will certainly uh, try to make that happen. And um, just looking forward to seeing the return of Ronda Rousey, as you can tell by us talking about uh, the Rousey fight for a good 45 minutes to, to start the podcast. So you all have a great week. Check back um, on your iTunes for additional podcasts from us throughout the week in preparation for UFC 206. Thanks so much. Have a great week and God bless. I'm